With a one-game-to-none deficit, this song just brings me such joy. It just makes me happy. And it also makes me happy when we get to talk to this guy. He is our go-to guy when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks. You hear him. I still don't think Bucks House is a real thing, as much as it should be about real estate and the Bucks. But you've got Bucks Shots. you got Bucks OT. you got Bucks Talk. And most importantly, you hear him during the games as the color analyst on the Bucks Radio Network, including the flagship 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee and 100.5 ESPN Madison, our Bucks buddy Justin Garcia on Wilde and Tausch. Justin, hi. Uh, good morning, guys. Not uh, not very enthusiastic. Is that because of last night? Well, should I be? Uh, we we are. Uh, Tausch says not to worry. I am a worrier yeah. by nature. I understand okay. uh, that there are far worse injuries, but backs are tricky. I heard you talking about it with Dave Kane last night as I listened on the radio. How worried should we be about Giannis Antetokounmpo and his back injury? Well, about his. Back, I think it's TBD. We don't have a whole lot of clarity, and, and uh, I, that's not a surprise. When when Bud talked last night, um, Dave and I were talking leading up to it too, and, and he had kind of mentioned, "I wonder what we'll hear from Bud here." But uh, the way this organization operates, the only thing you would have heard last night was bad news, and that's what happened last year when we were told after Game Two, Chris Middleton has an MCL sprain, and you knew, ooh, that's not good. That We're talking weeks, maybe months with an MCL sprain. So the fact that we didn't hear that, because I've, I've heard people say, well, the books aren't very clear on, on injuries. And, yeah, they, they are not the most open franchise, but we did get that clarity a year ago when it was the worst possible news. So the fact that you didn't hear that, it, it brings some optimism. I know there's reports out there this morning that they are – very optimistic he'll be able to play in game two. And I think the other thing that favors the Bucks here is even if it's not for game two, for game three, you get two days off between game one and two and another two days between game two and three. From that point forward, you're playing every other day. So even if he's not 100%, and he won't be 100%, but even if he's not 80% or whatever the threshold is to get him to play, it does seem like, it's trending towards you will at least see him again in this series. Is that game two? Is that game three? Is it later? That's all TBD, but it, it does seem like it is not what it was last year with Chris Middleton. So uh, the girls and I were in the car yesterday for a good chunk of the game, and then I got to watch the fourth quarter, which obviously wasn't great for the Bucks. But I, I listened to you and Dave talking. Uh, we'll get to Tyler Hero's injury in a moment. But were you – were you surprised or not surprised at all that the Bucks weren't able to – and, again, he's the greatest basketball player in the league, even if he's not going to win the MVP this year. But we did see games throughout this season where the Bucks were able to win games without him and yeah. when he was resting or load managing. Were you surprised – I mean, when you shoot the ball that poorly from three, you're going to lose a lot of games. But were you surprised at how much they struggled overall with or without him? Um, I suppose parts of it were surprising, and it, it's funny that 
we were actually talking with the, the Miami Heat radio and, and TV groups before the game, and they came in with doom and gloom of, hey, it's good to be in the playoffs. This is a terrible matchup for us, and we don't have high expectations for this series. Not that uh, Dave and I and, and Lisa Byington and others were doing the same for the Bucks, but I think a few of us did point out, look, we've seen this team get off to slow starts, especially early in the series. That seems to be when this team struggles most. If you go back to the title run, they were down in every single series at the start except for against the Miami Heat. And we're dealing with a long layoff. I mean, it's been a week since the Bucks played a game, but it was 10 days, 11 or so, since Giannis and Chris and Drew and, and your regulars played. So I think there was a little bit of uneasiness where, where we all said, look, if the Heat are going to get the Bucks, your best chance is here in game one. And, and that's part of what we saw. Now, the other part is the Heat had a very good game plan in terms of getting Jimmy Butler going downhill. So that's the number one thing you need to address. Obviously, Giannis leaving threw a wrench into that because he was the guy that defended Jimmy Butler two years ago and really shut him down. Bucks didn't start the game doing that. You, you got the sense that could have been one of those adjustments as the game went on, and that wasn't an option with him injured. The other thing is, for whatever reason, three-point shooting in the playoffs, it just doesn't work for this team. It was horrendous last night. It did kind of remind you of the game one between these two teams two years ago when the Bucks were 5 of 31 on threes. Miami was shooting much better. I think they took 53s in that game, and they made 20. But the Bucks just kept hanging around and hanging around, and Chris Middleton got the game winner at the end. So you, you started to think, okay, we've seen this play out before. I still think the Bucks are going to win. But it was ultimately they just couldn't capitalize. Miami gave them so many opportunities to hang around with the turnovers, with some of the lineups that Miami played. And losing Tyler Hero, it's a big blow. Some people have said, hey, that's a bigger loss than if Giannis can't play. It's not. Yeah, but it is a big game. loss. Yeah. It is a big loss if Tyler, or not if, Tyler Hero is going to be out for this series. And that's huge because the Heat's offense, lowest scoring team in the league, a bottom 10 offensive rating, the lowest offensive rating to reach the playoffs. Their three-point shooting during the regular season fell off a cliff. They don't have a consistent second score. It was basically Tyler Hero early. Bam Adebayo isn't that guy. But now with Tyler Hero out, Bam Adebayo has to be that guy because there isn't really a plan B for Miami. All right, Justin. So what are the Bucks going to do differently? Let's say Giannis isn't available. Uh, you can't let Jimmy Butler do what he did last night. What's the game plan? What do you think the Bucks are going to do to slow him down and then really put it on out of bio or a different option because Hero is unavailable? I think it's two things. Number one, the Heat shot 60% on three, which – for a team that was one of – they were the worst three-point shooting team in the, regu in the regular season, it's not sustainable. So I know we said the same thing against the Celtics last year, and look what happened in Game 7. It's not sustainable for seven full games. So I think part of the strategy is that defense was not good last night for the Bucks, And we had questioned, what is this defense? Are they the number one unit that we saw for most of the season? Are they the team that was closer to 20th for the last month or so? of the regular season, the defense has to improve. And I think the, the easiest fix is if you just go back to your principles. We talked about how they defended threes better. Bud is a guy that likes to take away the easiest stuff. So if you go back to saying, look, we gave up way too many shots 
in the mid-range or in the, in the short mid-range and around the rim, we're going to take that away because we don't think Miami is going to shoot certainly 60% from three for the rest of the series. But we don't even think you're a 40% three-point team. So we're going to take all of that away, and you're going to have to take 40 or 53s to beat us that way. So that's, for the Bucks the biggest change. How you do that, though, it centers on Jimmy Butler. And if Giannis is not available for parts of this series, that really changes what you have to do because the easiest fix would seem to be, well, Giannis, you're going to have to defend Jimmy. He struggles with length, and it's a good matchup for Giannis because of Jimmy Butler. He can be explosive, but he's not one of those perimeter guys that can really give Giannis trouble. He still struggles fighting through screens, and when you get him moving laterally, he's great in cleaning things up. So it's a good matchup to put Giannis on him. If he can't play, that changes things. But I do think you're going to need a lot more Wesley Matthews. He was very good defensively in the spurts he got last night, and we've seen in the past. He's done a very good job on Jimmy Butler. You need more from Jay Crowder, too. He played just under 12 minutes last night. I didn't think Jay Crowder looked great. There was a, a few times that Jimmy Butler beat him to his spot. And Jay Crowder's a former teammate of Jimmy Butler, so he should know what to expect. You're going to need more from him. And you got to do a better job of just marrying Brooke Lopez's minutes to Bam Adebayo's. We saw that fluctuate a little bit in the first half. In the second half, Bud kind of stuck to when Bam's out there, Brooke is out there. But the Bucks were getting torched earlier in that first half by Kevin Love because he was pulling Brooke Lopez away from the rim. That was opening everything up underneath for the Heat. And Kevin Love was knocking down threes. And, and when we speak of sustainability, yeah, that's another one you would point to. Of He was great. Kevin Love, we're going to need to see you do that multiple times in this series. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you, JG, was it sounds like it was a morgue in serve last night. Is that just the anticipation that this series wasn't going to be as competitive as maybe Bucks fans thought? Was it the injury to Giannis? Or was that wrong? Was the atmosphere good until Giannis happened? What did you, how did you view being in the building last night? Yeah, I mean, and look, especially if you, if you watched games over the weekend and you saw what happened in Cleveland and certainly in Sacramento, it, it wasn't that atmosphere. And part of me wonders if you know, this is getting to be, unfortunately, the norm for the Bucks, where we are used to success. And it's kind of a, hey, let's, let's, let's see what the second-round matchup is. And, and we've kind of warned against, don't look ahead to who you're playing in the second round or don't look ahead to the Celtics in the conference finals. But it had that vibe of Bucks fans feeling like, all right, we're going to beat the Miami Heat, and, and it's who are we going to get in the second round? It didn't help that we've seen this team get off to historically slow starts after a layoff. Wasn't, it wasn't horrible last night, but when Giannis went down, that took away a lot. And it was the, what, the 8.30 mark in the second quarter where he exited for good. That took a lot of wind out of the sails. The other thing is, I'm not a blame the officials guy because the Heat outplayed the Bucks thoroughly on both ends. There were a lot of very, very questionable calls that set the tone as well where they were the types of plays the Bucks need to get those calls. And when you're not getting it early, it changes things. And I think the crowd was starting to sense that as well. When Giannis can't be as physical and you're calling the blocking foul that he was called on, the charge that he got called on, that changes how you attack and how Giannis attacks, and that takes a little bit out of the crowd as well. So I, I think it was a number of things, um, but obviously Giannis's exit really took a lot of the wind out of the sails and was, was likely the biggest impact you heard there from the crowd. 
Yeah, but you do feel like now, especially if Giannis is unavailable, the crowd knows it needs to show up big time on Wednesday because now this is a series. It isn't, you know, just plug and play and move on to the next round. You don't find a way to get it done Wednesday, even without Giannis, you're all of a sudden in trouble. So I'm assuming the expectations are down at serve that you're going to hear and see it show up in a bigger way come Wednesday night. You are, uh, you're in very big trouble if you don't win on Wednesday because as it stands, you lost home court, and now you've got to win four out of six games against a, a team that's tough and a team that's smart and is going to make you work for it. I still expect the Bucks to win this series. They are the better team, and, and as you pointed to, we've seen them win without Giannis. Even if they don't have Giannis, they still have a very, very good chance to win this series, and I think a big reason we didn't touch on was Chris Middleton, all the questions we had surrounding Chris, well, he certainly looked like the guy or very close to the guy we saw during the playoff run two years ago. So that calms some of your concerns over what is Chris going to look like in the playoffs. And the other part that you would, you would think is going to juice the crowd here, literally and figuratively, it's an 8 o'clock tip on Wednesday. So they've got a lot of time to hang out around the arena and get ready for this game. All right, one last thing for you, and I don't want to be a glass-half-full guy by any means, but we spent a lot of time talking about not having Giannis after the 8.33 mark, I think it was, uh, with the injury yesterday. Uh, and you like what you saw from Chris Middleton, who obviously they missed dearly during last year's playoff run. Was there anything else you saw yesterday, especially with some different pieces that were not part of last year's playoff run, that were encouraging to you that you thought, okay, this is a good sign for a team that if they get past the heat as you expect them to, that this will really help them moving forward. Anything that you saw that really stood out that way? I think really the biggest thing was, was Chris. It, it wasn't a great Joe Ingles game. That doesn't mean Joe Ingles right. isn't going to be good for this team in the playoffs. It was an okay Bobby Portis game, and it was really early. I think he played very well offensively. You did see some of those issues on the defensive side. But overall, I thought Bobby was much more effective defensively than we, we had seen. And he's going to be big in those Kevin Love minutes. It was really, you know, Giannis, as much as we hate to pin it on, it changes a lot for this team, obviously. He, he's an MVP caliber player, the best player in the league. But it's not just the 30 points that you're losing. It's how you utilize Brooke Lopez. The minutes he's off the floor, that's where you saw Bobby Portis's minutes start to, to trend in the wrong direction because Giannis isn't there to be a rim protector. Giannis isn't there to defend Jimmy Butler. So it's, it's not just offensively that you miss him there. But, but to me, it, it was really the, the Chris Middleton impact was, was the biggest thing you would point to of, okay, here's the reason for optimism, not just this series, but for the rest of the playoffs. And now it's just a matter of, look, we said it was, it was disappointing games from some of that group. Drew Holiday included, where he had the 16 assists. I thought Drew Holiday was okay defensively. You saw a couple of times where Jimmy Butler got past him. He's capable of giving you more. And Joe Ingles and, and Jay Crowder, I think, would be the two other guys that you point to of, you know, we got to get a little bit more from you. And, and now that you've had one game with this team in the postseason under your belt, I'm curious to see how that changes. Grayson Allen, too, not to get too long with this, but he was a guy that I wondered going into the game – what would come down to or how much of this, this matchup would come down to Grayson Allen versus Tyler Hero because those are the two guys both teams are going to look to exploit on the defensive side of the ball. And now Tyler Hero 
is out of it, and we said that he don't really have a good plan B for Tyler Hero. Victor Oladipo didn't even play at all last night, despite the fact that he was not uh, injured and he was healthy. So there aren't many options, and maybe that opens the door even more so for Grayson Allen now. Justin, we'll continue this conversation, I'm sure, because we've you're our go-to guy. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks. All right. See you later, guys. That is the terrific Justin Garcia from the Bucks Radio Network. Uh, I, I think want, Bucks fans are nervous. I don't think they're nervous. I, I think don't Wednesday get that sense. doesn't go well. Nervous. I think that's when the nervousness starts. Yes, you lose the first two at home. Yeah, I'd get nervous. And with Gian- Giannis is the thing that makes you nervous, like his health and yeah. if he's able to bounce back. Well, and no like, blank, blank. Right. Like, I know that's obvious, it's but like, well, you know what? Giannis is important to the Bucks. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. Those, those types of outstanding. But you know what concerns me is Giannis. Himself. No, no, no. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, Jesse pointed that out, and it was really an astute. The one thing I say in Chris, an hour. Chris Middleton plays dynamite last night, and you're giving up a buck. What did they give up? A buck, buck thirty to yeah, a team that 30. can't score, according to JG, without their second best score. Better be some. And Bud deserves. A benefit of the doubt, his adjusting and what he's been able to do the last three or four years. They lose a lot of game ones with Bud. I still feel pretty good about this team. As long as, as long Giannis as, is okay. As long as what Jesse said. Is you know, if Giannis is playing, woo, this team's a lot better. <laughs> that kind of insight is what you also get during Wonelli, which is next. It's Wilde and Tausch.